from the Coin Podcast Studios in Portland, Oregon. This is your Weather Weekend with meteorologists Joseph Dames and Kelly Bairn. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to you. I'm Ian Costello, executive producer of the Coin Podcast Network, sitting in on a Your Weather Weekend podcast for Joseph Dames, who is, where is he, Kelly? Uh, He's on vacation, I think. How dare he? I know. It's busy in the weather. It is. He's supposed to be here when it's busy in the weather. he decides to leave. Packs up and leaves. Yeah. Anyway, the other voice you hear there is Coin 6 morning meteorologist Kelly Barron. Hello, Kelly. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm loving this forecast. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y- yeah. Every time I see it, I get a little bit more nervous about my drive to Montana that's coming up in now seven days because oh. we're going to go over Ooh. some passes oh, and yeah. there's going to be some snow. But yes. we'll get to that in a minute. Um, you're excited about this forecast because this is probably one week, one day, one minute closer to putting your skis on. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of folks um, are excited. I think this is going to be the weekend where we see some of those ski lifts operating um, and some of those uh, resorts finally opening up for the season. So exciting developments in the snow forecast up in the mountains. You and I were talking a minute before we started recording that this is going to be a lot of snow. Like there's a lot of snow coming to the mountains. It is. The forecast, um, you know, is showing just abundant amounts where your jaw dropped when I was looking at models. Um, but, you know, it's 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 totally um, doable in, in the forecast to see this amount of snow here in this December, um, this part of December with um, such a cold system coming in and multiple rounds of these weather systems bringing in that snow. Um, so just exciting stuff. I mean, it's kind of a late start to this case. The, the, kind of a late start to the ski season so it's just nice to see this in the forecast it is uh and we'll dive deeper much much deeper in that forecast here in just a minute have you ever not to pry deep into your personal relationship do you remember a date you went on like a christmas themed date anywhere in your dating life oh yeah i went to the oregon zoo lights on a date that's a that's a good one I will say I maybe it was definitely a date, but in my mind it was I'm gonna keep you in the friend zone. But then when I look back at it, it was definitely a date. Poor dude. <laughs> yeah. Who's now my boyfriend? Oh. So, yeah. Well done, sir. Um I ask because before I lived here, before I lived here, I came up uh, in middle of December, well, Christmas time to visit my then girlfriend, now wife. Uh, and she took me to Peacock Lane on a date. That was our first kind of Christmas date in our relationship. So Aww. that was very cool. Because of that, Peacock Lane plays a pretty cool role in our relationship and it's something we try and do at least every other year. Last year we couldn't because of the pandemic, but this year it's back and yes, we're going to talk about snow in the mountains and yes, we're going to talk about conditions to be driving in the next couple of weeks, but right now I want to listen to a little bit from the organizers at Peacock Lane. one of the coolest holiday traditions in the Portland area is Peacock Lane. If you like lights, you gotta go. And they're coming back this year after taking a year off because of the pandemic. And to talk a little bit more about it, I'm joined today by Nathan Freeberg. I am a resident of Peacock Lane and a former president. I hate using that term because it sounds so official. It's basically, I was the only one crazy enough to sign up for it. My first Christmas date in Portland with my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, uh, even before I lived here, was a trip to Peacock Lane. So Peacock Lane plays 
kind of a pretty cool role in our relationship and and my yeah. introduction to Portland. You know, that's how did um, it come to be? There's a little bit of controversy over exactly how it came to be. Um, but back in the like, I think it was the late 20s or early 30s, um, Peacock Lane was essentially created as a suburb of Portland. And it was one of the first uh, uh, places that had been intentionally designed for the automobile, at least in Portland. So we all have garages. And one of the stories or rumors is that as a um, a way to kind of market this area, the I don't know if it was the developer, somebody thought it would be fun to put um, lights on the houses. And I don't remember exactly a, you know, if those were electrical, if those were gas, if, you know, open flames, who knows what it was. <laughs> and and so they all did it. And then it just kind of happened ever since. You say you live on Peacock Lane. I do. I do. Is it true? Because I've heard this rumor a lot. Is it true that this is a requirement <laughs> in the HOA? You have to decorate your home. You know, um, I probably get that question, no joke, two, three dozen times a year. Um, <laughs> so short answer is no. Uh, there is no HOA. There is nothing outside of sort of peer pressure and not wanting <laughs> to be the, peer, the Peacock Lane <laughs> Grinch. Um, there, there's nothing requiring it to be done. In fact, when uh, my wife and I moved here, we moved in right before uh, Thanksgiving uh, back in 2013. And um, on the Friday after Thanksgiving, we're sitting in the living room watching all these neighbors walk by with like gigantic candy canes and these big cutouts of <laughs> like, you know, holiday themed things. We're like, what is going on? And they were kind of gathered right in front of our house. They kept looking at us and we're like, what's going on? We had met virtually no one at this point. And so I finally woke up. I was like, hey, happy Thanksgiving. What is going on? They explained <laughs> what it was. And they said, you know, you don't have to put anything up. There's no pressure. You know, maybe just throw a wreath on the door. You're brand new. No one will expect it of you. Oh, by the way, do you mind if kind of the traditional uh, cocoa booth typically goes right kind of at the end of like where you're, um, we're kind of on the, the corner. We have a corner lot. Um, it's just like a half a dead end. It goes right there. Do you mind if we put that up? And then typically we plug into your house. Like, yeah, no problem. And then they they leave and my wife and I look at each other. We can't just do a wreath on the door if like the main <laughs> gathering point. And so uh, there's nothing required, but there's certainly, you know, holiday cheer. And like I said, peer pressure that really um, motivates people, we'll say, to to do something. Is there anybody who doesn't decorate and do you look down on them? <laughs> you know, um, no, there's nobody that does nothing. They are definitely, there's a few houses that are rentals. And over the years, some of them has been, have certainly been more festive than others. Um, I always get the question too of, you know, what if you're Jewish or don't celebrate? There was a, a Jewish family. They had an entire uh, Hanukkah themed light display. There's several families who say we're going kind of the opposite direction of like, traditional Christmas displays. I think there's a Star Wars house and things like that. So there's there's certainly um, definitely houses that aren't, you know, quote unquote, traditional Christmas type displays, um, but everyone puts up something, um, some more elaborate than others. So. Uh, all right, let's get to the nitty gritty. For yes. those who don't know, how do we get to Peacock Lane? What do we do when we're there? Yes, absolutely. So Peacock Lane is located in southeast Portland, just off of um, 39th and kind of between Belmont and Stark by Laurelhurst Park. Um, this year, 2021, is a little bit different um, than in years past. 
Um, we are not closing down the streets for pedestrian only nights. Um, so come in your car, expect it to take anywhere from, depending on when you come, uh, 10 minutes to maybe 30 minutes to, to slowly drive down. Um, I think the best way is walking. You can certainly um, still walk on the sidewalks. Um, that's certainly my favorite way to do it. You know, COVID safety precautions, obviously up for everyone. We have no way to enforce any of those things this year. Mm -hmm. um, and this is just my own personal favorite, but I like to start on the Belmont end, kind of down by Walgreens and walk on the, the east side of Peacock Lane, uh, turn around at Stark and walk down the west side of Peacock Lane. Um, for whatever reason, that's just kind of what I, uh, what our family likes to do. Why the change to no pedestrian only nights? There's a lot of reasons. So, um, one of them, well, it's, it's multi-layered. So part of it was just COVID. Um, mm -hmm. also, uh, we have to pay, uh, through money we get from the cocoa booth to shut down the street, to rent barricades. Um, and we're like, if we don't have any of that money coming in, you know, it's a few hundred dollars, any of that money coming in from that you know, what do we do? You know, how are we going to pay for that? And then also it's kind of the logistics of, again, this is all neighbor, neighbor run. And so we're out there standing at barricades, pushing cars, you know, on those notes saying cars, you can't come down here. Sometimes people get very angry with us. And as a, as a community, we took a big vote. We kind of thought, you know, for all of those reasons, why don't we, we'll bring the back, the lights back this year. We didn't do it last year, but let's just, you know, people can still walk, but we're not going to shut the uh, shut the streets down this year. For those of us who would like to walk, any suggestions on where to park so we're not <laughs> clogging up their neighborhood or oh, man. fighting over spots in that Walgreens lot? And I'm very familiar with fighting over spots in that Walgreens lot. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm supposed to say that you're not supposed to park in that Walgreens lot. That's, yep. You're not supposed to do that. But, if you know, we all know, uh, you know, going and buy something at Walgreens and then walk and whatever. But you're not supposed to do that. Peacock Lane does turn into a one-way um, or I should say you can only take a right onto Peacock if you're coming, let me get my directions, from east to west, if that makes sense. And then you can mm -hmm. only take a right onto Peacock going west to east from Stark. And so that's to try to help with the neighborhood traffic because otherwise it's just complete, complete chaos. So I would say park, I mean, several blocks away. If we have to leave our house, which I try at all costs not to do during that time, <laughs> I'll park over on like like 41st or 42nd, which is three, four, five block walk from our house and then walk back significantly faster than it would take to try to, to drive. drive down. Yeah. So I would say just park. I mean, what we used to tell people, I used to tell friends is like, hey, park over like kind of closer to like Hoth, like the Fred Meyer over on Hawthorne. Um, again, not in their parking lot, but somewhere <laughs> over there, maybe grab, you know, dinner or drinks or something and just kind of slowly, you know, walk your way over. It's, it's, I don't know, maybe a 10 minute walk, do Peacock Lane and then walk back. You'll save yourself time if it's not pouring rain and cold. If you try to park anywhere close to Peacock, it's just going to be just complete mayhem. And again, this is really during kind of the peak viewing hours. So it runs from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m., December 15th through the 31st. So usually if you're coming anywhere between six and I'd say nine, it's going to be chaos. After nine, it other than Christmas Eve, it's much easier to kind of get in and out. You seen anything different or new that's standing out to you this year? Since we didn't do it last year, it's been now two years. There's a little bit of turnover. So um, a couple people have moved away. One person, I think it was our oldest member of the lane. She passed away earlier this summer. And so the neighbors are all talking about what are we going to do with her house? Because um, that's not going to be decorated. 
There's a house um, right across from us that is done. They already have their lights up. Um, it's totally different display. Um, it's nothing crazy fancy, but that's new. But the thing that I'm always looking forward to is that there's uh, a house uh, that's between basically just a block off of Belmont. I always forget the cross street. It's not Alder, Washington. It's the other one. Um, it's one of the Star Wars houses. And this guy is a, a tremendous artist, and he has created um, larger than life size. So there's a Chewbacca that stands maybe eight or nine feet tall. Wow. And every year he has added a different character. So he's got all the past ones up, and then usually he puts up the new one um, <laughs> like the night or two nights before or something like that. So I'm always excited to see what he's created. It's, it's very well done. He like artistically creates these things, and then he's got a buddy who like can somehow print it on these giant sheets of metal. Um, it's all full color. It's very impressive. But nothing else too too new now. We were actually a little bit late to the game in terms of deciding that we were going to do this. So I'm seeing a lot of neighbors, I wouldn't say scrambling, but they're definitely starting to to put the lights up and things, you know, in the last, what are we, a week, a week out here from opening night. Where can people go to get more information? Peacocklane.org has everything you could possibly want to find on there. There's maps and directions and times, and there's a frequently asked questions section that is very well, um, is very thorough. Um, also, Facebook, Instagram, I think we're also on Twitter. That's the best place for any kind of up-to-date information if you need it. I always tell people, plan an hour. I know it's crazy because that it's only, you know, essentially three three very small Portland city blocks mm -hmm. and it shouldn't take that long, but just with parking and, and everything else it can, you know, and it's free, it's totally free, which I always remind people of, you know, when they get impatient, it's like, hey, this is a very free, very grassroots community uh, neighborhood thing that, that you get to come be a part of. Well, I'm looking forward to coming back and seeing it again, Nathan. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. This has been fun. I'll see you out there. And just a reminder, as Nathan said, the first night of Peacock Lane this year will be December 15th. So middle of next week, they get going. It'll be great to be back out there and check out some of the lights. I know my family is looking forward to going. And for more information, head to PeacockLane.org. Right on the other side of the break, Kelly and I will break down this weekend's snowy, cold, and rainy forecast. Hi, this is Jeff Giannola from Coin6 News, and I'd like to invite you to watch Coin6 News at 10 on Portland CW, a full hour of the stories that are important to you and your family. See why more people are switching to Coin6 News at 10 on Portland CW. Cannabis. Cannabis. Less than 10 years ago, it was trafficked in the shadows. Today, you get a receipt with your purchase. I'm Travis Box. Each episode, I'll sit down one-on-one -on -one with the major players in the Oregon cannabis industry. The activists. The medical professionals. The legislators. The economists. The regulators. Where does this budding billion-dollar industry go from here? It's the Mainstream Weedia Podcast. Coming this November. To the COIN Podcast Network. The COIN6 weather team has the most accurate forecast in town, certified by WeatherRate. COIN6 weather, watching out for you. All right, Kelly, the moment you've been waiting for, we're back, and it's time to talk about snow. Ooh, I mean, Let's, uh, snow in the mountains, yeah. Snow in the mountains. It's Friday morning. Let's start with how much 
we're going to see in the next couple of days. Well, uh, let, let's backtrack for the last um, over the last couple of days uh, out to government camp. We saw a good amount, you know, close to about a foot. We saw some down to pass levels, tough drive, but that was just the first round. Now we're getting to uh, the finale here, and that's going to be this large system uh, that rolls in. It's attached to an atmospheric river that always adds in a bunch of moisture. But the good news about this atmospheric river is that it still keeps our snow levels around 5,000 feet. Those types of setups tend to bring in warm air from the south, um, and that can sometimes skyrocket snow levels to 8,000, 9,000 feet, and, and it can melt off things. We saw that plenty of times throughout fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but this system brings in all that moisture, but we stay cold up in the mountains. So we are just getting a dumping of snow uh, throughout Saturday night into Sunday. And when I'm talking... Um, a dumping. I'm I'm seeing two, maybe even three feet of additional snowfall across the Oregon Cascades. Just on Saturday night into Sunday. Yeah, um, that snow will likely start up uh, throughout the morning time, even on Saturday, and will continue through Sunday. There's a winter storm watch at this point for the northern Oregon Cascades, including Mount Hood, and then down across some of the passes too. And just uh, from the middle of this week into the weekend, some spots are getting up to 40, even 48 inches of snow um, across the Oregon and Washington Cascades. So this is kind of the holy grail of weather systems that we've been waiting for uh, to really kick off our ski season. Talk about that snow line. How far down do you see this really deep snow coming 2,000 feet, 1,500 feet? How far in that range is going to see actual snow, not just flakes in the sky? Yeah, so there is that that freezing level, that, that cold line. It doesn't quite hit Portland or even around the 1,500-foot mark. So I think you've got to go up closer to 2,500 feet and higher, maybe even around 3,000 feet to get that measurable snowfall. Um, but we will still see some flakes flying down to maybe the 1,500, 2,500 mark. Um, so there are homes that are in mm-hmm. the Cascade foothills out in Clackamas County and then also on the west end of the valleys. Um, we can sometimes see those snow levels even around 1,500, 2,000 feet. So uh, I see some moments heading into this weekend and then even early next week where we could see some flakes flying, including some homes around the west hills that are even around 1,000 feet. Again, that type of snow is not the the accumulating snow that we love to see or some folks love to see across the city, but we're just staying so cold. We're getting uh, just this big trough of colder air from the north kind of uh, moving in across the region and intruding, and it just sits across uh, the Pacific Northwest. So we're staying real cold. Daytime highs in Portland, low to mid-40s maybe. Our morning temperatures are when we could hit near freezing, and that's when those snow levels drop. And if we attach any precipitation to that, that's when we could start to see some of those flakes flying. Um, But again, in Portland, even out to the West Hills, the 1,000, 1,500-foot mark, not expecting accumulating snow, uh, but possibly some snowflakes mixed in early next week. Let's talk a little bit more about the metro area forecast. Snow in the mountains, cold in the mountains cold down here guessing it's going to be raining in the valley for the most part through the weekend yeah i like to say chilly rainfall uh because we're <laughs> i mean when it's raining and you get the low mid 40s that is cold it is not pleasant to be outside for uh long duration and i know the big game is this weekend let's talk a little bit about the big game <laughs> because i think there's going to be a lot of ptfc fans well we're, we're in two groups maybe even three we got the group that's going to the game so let's talk about the people going to the game, going to be walking in the stadium at 11 o'clock or so, noon kickoff. What are the people 
at the game going to be feeling? Well, yeah, we, uh, you know, snow in the mountains, that translates to a lot of rain in Portland. So we are seeing this big storm. It's attached to this moderate strength atmospheric river, uh, which models at this point are, are showing soggy conditions kicking off early Saturday morning across, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock hour. That's when that heavy rain starts to pick up around Portland. And it could linger all the way through nine, 10 o'clock. Sometimes these systems do stall or they move quicker than forecast. So I think there is a bit of time on either side where uh, that rain does start to taper. But in general, there's a good shot that we have rain in the picture here. That also paired with gusty winds. Um, We could see some wind speeds, maybe up to 40 miles per hour. I think we may see some isolated power outages, but nothing that would really uh, stop the city in its tracks. That's another of the groups we got to talk about. We got the people going to the game. Then we got the people watching the game at home on TV or at a bar on TV in a socially distant, safe way. Is there a chance that... (laughs) Power gets knocked out and people can't see this game. Uh, I got friends that are freaking out about this. (laughs) I know. I know we've got some big fans here that can't quite make it uh, to the stadium. I think we'll be fine. You know, it will be gusty. Um, If you do have some loose branches, I can see some areas, some neighborhoods that, you know, have a branch fall on a power line and the transmitter, you know, goes out. So there may be some power outages for um, a few areas, but it shouldn't be a citywide situation. Um, I do see stronger winds out towards the coast. So if you're tapping in from the Oregon coast, uh, those wind gusts up to 55 miles per hour at this point in our forecast, and that could cause a little more uh, of the area under some power outages. So I think uh, we've got some better luck here in the city um, in terms of if you're just going to stay in and and watch that game. Okay. And then the third group is going to be the people who, when the Timbers win, rush out and decide to celebrate in the streets all night. How should they be dressed? Like, is it going to be nasty Saturday night, too? Uh, I, I think the, the the system kind of is working out the door at that point. So um, I would still expect to see rain showers, but not the soggy, widespread, just steady, heavy rain that we'll see across the morning uh, throughout the middle of the day. So better conditions if you're heading out to celebrate when we do win. I think we've got that momentum. I think we're going to do it this year. Um, I would still expect to see rain showers and just a chilly night, but um, I do see that rain kind of uh, tapering off a bit. So, Kelly, it's snow in the mountains, cold in the mountains, rain in the valley. Can you give me a highs and lows for the next couple of days? Yeah, we're going to sit in the mid-40s. It's just going to stay chilly I know last week we were seeing some days in the 60s. We broke some record highs. We're done with that nonsense. We are just (laughs) seeing this December weather, very seasonal weather playing out here. We'll see cold, dark nights ahead. Again, daytime highs are really looking to sit in the low to mid 40s. Um, Overnight lows in the mid 30s to upper 30s, maybe low 40s there as well. So really just not a big swing in daytime highs or overnight lows. Fantastic. Got any fun plans other than hoping to see the lifts running? That's about it. I've just been doing my snow dance for a full month, Ian, and I think it's finally paying off. It's finally paying off. (laughs) Thanks, Kelly. We'll see ya. The Coin Podcast Network is your home for on-demand coverage of local news, sports, weather, and entertainment you won't find anywhere else. You can always find us on coin.com slash podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.